Hello, this is Maurice Harker. I'm glad you've taken the time to listen to this podcast. What you're about to listen to is a set of principles that come from the discoveries I've made as a therapist working with married people and people fighting for self-mastery. And so please enjoy what you're listening to. And then when you want more advanced training, look us up at Life Changing Services, especially if you're a married person, check out the Marriage Repair Workshop and the Lazarus Lectures. Enjoy what you listen to. You have to spell out the pathway you're going to take when you're not interacting with them. You have got to create this plan of action. And it could be you don't get back on the plane at all right now. If you're off the plane, if you're on the plane, you practice phrases. Now, the mistake women often make is, how can I say it so he won't get mad? How can I say it so he'll understand? How can I say it so he'll cooperate? Okay, you're asking the wrong question. How can I say it so that I feel proud of myself after I've said it? How can I say it so I can stand before God with integrity? How can I say it so that if I'm videotaped and it's played in front of the young women in my ward, they will be uh, edified by what they see? If you're trying to create a strategy that is dependent on his response, you're trying to create a codependent plan from the beginning. So you just, you're already establishing a dependency. I do what I do based, and it depends on how he's going to react. You can't do it that way. When it comes to fixing a marriage long-term, I've got to have the woman being as true to her true self as she can. The convenient thing for that is it makes you freaking adorable. Okay. When women are at their best, they are delightful. They are energetic. They are not depressed. They are not full of anxiety. And it, the guys get confused like, oh, you became a better woman for me. <laughs> okay. She became a better woman in spite of you. Now, imagine if he does the same thing for the next, say, 14 weeks. All he does is create a blueprint for his own awesomeness and work at being his best self. Can you imagine what would happen if he invested all of his energy in just being his best self and researching it and videotaping himself and reviewing that videotape and doing discovery planning and acting reflecting on his own awesomeness? Do we even need to guess what that's going to do to your heart and your mind if he's doing that? What happens to men who do that? They become attractive. They become adorable. They become sweet. They become powerful. You don't even have to work on the marriage to like the guy. All he's got to do is work on himself. And how cool is it that if you work on yourself, if we train correctly, it's kind of like a person who plans to be a healthy athlete, like Tom Brady till he's 43 or LeBron James. Do you know some of these guys pay their personal trainers a million dollars a year just to help them stay healthy so that they can be strong enough to perform again next year and they can be strong enough to perform again next year. Those who really hope to be healthy and strong for long periods of time build into their system a way to maintain it. What about you? How are you going to make sure you stay connected to your identity when he does it wrong six months from now? When he does it wrong a year from now, it is a very celestial hope that sharing your feelings and sharing your thoughts is actually going to make a difference. 
that is actually what does happen in the celestial world. It's one of the ways I can diagnose the level of a relationship. One of the most important features I look for to classify a relationship as entering the celestial phase is if the guy is taking his wife seriously. Women, I don't know how you guys do it, but you seem to like do it on accident. Like you just tend to take people seriously. Okay. Unfortunately, and that's probably why it confuses you. That's not a natural thing in men. And there's a reason for that, that we won't spend much time on today, but it's taps into the, if I'm going to be a good leader, I can't fall for all peer pressure. I have to ignore a lot of people in order to be a strong leader. Unfortunately, if that capability is used on the wife, that's a problem. If the plan or strategy involves sharing your feelings, that implies that he's going to take you seriously. If you can predict or you attempt for a few seconds to share and you can see him disconnecting, and please, I beg of you ladies, do not keep talking while he's disconnected. That is the most unpleasant experience. That is the total definition of casting your pearls before swine. It will usually lead to you talking louder or talking with more intensity, which is going to just look horrible on film. So if he's not listening, then you take a pioneer woman approach, which is you take action and you have to be willing to decide how severe that action is. If his behavior is so bad that your children are experiencing permanent psychological damage, then you do whatever it takes to protect those kids from him. There's a big gray zone there, though, because imagine if you died and he was the only person working with these kids and he was their primary caretaker and he continued to make those mistakes. Will the children die? Will the children be permanently damaged, et cetera, et cetera? One of the satanic tricks that has been used on mothers and women is that children can be permanently damaged by average parenting. This is a vital time to remember the power of the atonement. Is the atonement strong enough to compensate for his bad parenting? Is the atonement strong enough to compensate for your bad parenting? So, been uh, observed throughout history that children who are raised in industrial revolution times, children who are uh, pushing uh, hand carts as six-year-olds across the plains for a thousand miles, children who are transported across slave ships back in the early many years ago are often phenomenally resilient in their adult years. A bad childhood, a difficult childhood does not equal destroyed children. One of the greatest blessings we can give our kids is resilience under all circumstances. Um, there's been some jokes that are actually quite useful. We spend the first 20, 20 years of our lives being damaged by our parents and the next 60 years recovering from it, right? As I've interviewed some of you in one-on-one -on -one sessions, you were raised worse than your children are being raised. And look how awesome you are. Many of you had very difficult parents and you became awesome anyway. Your parents did not ruin you. So it is very, very scary to turn your children over to God when a husband is raising them wrong. And you have to do all you can to try to influence. But if you haven't figured out yet, there are no two parents on this planet that are adequate for raising children. You will never be wise enough. You will never be strong enough to do everything that needs to be done. And as I was talking to God about it once, he's all, 
Have you noticed that the better the parents are, the more entitled the children feel? The better the parents are, the more entitled children feel to having life be easy for them because you made it easy for them. He explained to me, and this came a little bit I'm off topic a little bit, but I'll go and spend a minute on this because it's a common theme for women. I was talking to my daughter when she was 18, 17, 18. Um, her mother uh, with some amazing diligence had her start reading scriptures for one minute when she was eight years old, two minutes when she was nine years old, three minutes when she was 10 years old et cetera, et cetera, for the next 10 years. So in my psychologically responsive father, I says, so let's talk about the effect that that has had on your brain and your spirit. I says, how is your relationship with God? And she says, eh, non-existent. I'm all 10 years of this and it's non-existent. She wasn't being negative about it at all. She was just, she's a very matter of fact young woman. And I says, so what's up with that? She goes, well, I don't really need a God when I have you and mom for my parents. There's just nothing I need from God. On the opposite end of that spectrum, we have five-year-olds who have deep connection with God because they're trying to survive their parents beating them with a wrench. And so, ladies, our kids have a chance to have a reason to call for God when you and your husband aren't enough and you do it wrong and they need someone to help them and be there for them. So thank you for wanting to be a godlike parent, but it's important that you're not. It's important that you let your not godliness be experienced by your children. And you say, well, this is where you're going to need to connect with God. You have a hard thing to work through with your father. You're going to need a relationship with God. You're having a hard thing you're working through with me. You're going to need a relationship with God. Because at some point, you're going to know that neither parent is enough. And the two of them combined aren't even enough. And what more glorious thing could we give our children to take to them to college and out in the world than a relationship with God that they needed? And now they can use it for the rest of their lives. And unfortunately, they needed it because you made mistakes and because he made mistakes. So I'm sad that people make mistakes. And I'm sad that children are hurt by parents' behavior. But you know your children have been hurt by you. And you know your children have been hurt by him. Let us all celebrate the sanity that we get to maintain because we believe that the atonement is more powerful than our mistakes. Hello, you've just finished listening to one of our episodes of Memoirs of an LDS Therapist. It's important to me that you have a chance to get more and more of these principles. We kept this brief because you probably have a busy life, but there's so much more. So please listen to the rest of these episodes and look for ways to apply them to your life. And ready f when you're ready for some deep and complex training, please look us up at lifechangingservices.org, specifically the marriage repair workshops and the Lazarus lectures. I look forward to seeing you in those more advanced trainings.